Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in to see how your week's going. We're coming out of it, man. I can feel it. Restaurants are starting to open up. People are sitting together, breathing on each other. But maybe they got vaccine. Vac- vaccine? Vaccinated. Maybe they got vaccinated. I have no idea. I just know that I'm up soon. I'm up soon, and it's like, what are you going to go with the vaccine? You going with Coke or Pepsi? You going to go Johnson & Johnson or uh, fucking uh, Freddie F- got fingered, whatever the fuck the other one's called. Let's look up now. Let's just, let's just to add to the uh, uh, misinformation out here. Let's have a, a, a non-fucking, I almost said chemist, non-vaccine person. Johnson, Johnson & Johnson. Do you know that they're, they're, that company was sold a long time ago, but the kids that are all relatives of the first Johnson & Johnson, they still get fucking money and they sit around like fucking just raking it in. You know, every time you got a bunion, they make, a, they make enough money to buy another canvas to put on their easel and pretend they know how to paint. You know, some, some giant mansion out on Long Island. I forget. It's a long story. All right, Johnson & Johnson vaccine versus the Pfizer on the Pfizer? Yeah? Once you will take it and you will be all right with the Fiona? All right. Pfizer versus Johnson and Johnson. Same sex couple versus the Fuhrer. Let's. <laughs> okay. Comparing three COVID 19. This is the first one that comes up. And it's on statnews.com. And it's in the health. Comparing the COVID-19 vaccines developed by Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Fucking deal with it. We're here. We're queer. We're staying together. Um, in an ideal world, a pandemic vaccine could be delivered in a single shot. So supplies could be stretched to cover a lot of people. Oh, yeah, that would be ideal. You only have to take it once. It would trigger no side effect, more significant than a sore arm. It would be easy to ship and store. Soon, it seems, this ideal of the COVID-19 vaccine will be, in, will be within reach. Last Friday, Johnson & Johnson, we support you, announced that a one-dose vaccine being developed by its vaccine division, Janssen Pharmaceuticals, had been... This is, oh, this is making me... Some of these names, man. It's taking me back to World War II and what they tried to do there. Had been shown to be 66% protective against moderate to severe COVID infection in a multicultural, multi-country study. But importantly, it was 85% effective in preventing against severe disease. And there was no hospitalizations or death among the people in the vac- vaccine arm of a large clinical trial. Overall, FSC varied a bit geographically. You know what? I'm not reading this. That's too much brain power for this time in the morning. Hey, let's talk about the Celtics. Woo! I'm going to get mine in, in March is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to wait, you know, see if anybody from February and January had any weird side effects. I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing it for you young people. I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig. I might as well, right? I still smoke the occasional cigar. I did plenty of damage to my liver. I love all these people. I'm not taking the fucking vaccine and they're sitting eating fucking ho-hos and TV dinners like they're not already poisoning themselves. 
Yeah, but here's the difference. I decide. I decide what toxins I put in my body. This is my temple. And if I want to spray graffiti all over the inside, that's going to be my choice. Um, all right. People, it's Black History Month. So as a white person, I think I need to confess about something. This is how white I am. Last night I was watching the Celtics, of course, right there, a really white thing to do. Um, and they're playing the Atlanta Hawks, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game. I turned it on like the third quarter. I got a little busy and uh, we were getting the shit kicked out of us. We were down by like 20, battled to the end, as all Celtic teams do. And uh, I'm watching it. And at one point, somebody on our team fouled one of the Hawks, right? And the Hawks go to line. First of all, I put the fucking game on and it's, it's like the NBA now. It's like... You know, the Celtics are green and white. They're wearing, like, gray and green. And the Atlanta Hawks are, like, red, white, and yellow. And they're wearing, like, all black. And then somebody's got, like, lime green sneakers on. It's just, like, the colors are just out the fucking window. I just think now they're just like, listen, we got the graphics. So you know who the fuck's playing. And then we're just going to create 97 jerseys. So, you know, some, so all of our jerseys will match all the different colors of all the Jordan 1s. That's, that's my thing. But I'm an old guy, so I, I still go by colors. My eyesight is bad. I can't fucking read, you know, at a distance or even up close. I mean, I'm, there, I'm, I'm a fucking mess. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching the game. So one of the Celtics follows, follows one of the Hawks. So the Hawk guy goes to the line, and they do a close-up of him, like a three-quarter shot, not to get all Hollywood, but that's what it was, basically, you know, from about mid-chest up. And I see on his jersey... It said MLK. And in my white brain, I was going like, wait, they're playing Milwaukee? I thought they were playing Atlanta. And then I looked and I saw in the, the thing, it's like Celtics versus Atlanta. I was like, MLK. I was like, oh, fuck, Black History Month, Martin Luther King. That's how fucking white I am. Because, you know, sometimes Atlanta has like ATL. So I thought Milwaukee was trying to be cool. Like, do you remember like in the 2000s, there was that horrible time where everybody tried to give their city a nickname? Like Pittsburgh became the Berg. Cleveland was the land. And the one of the worst ever, Boston. I remember you ever get emails. Hey, hey Bill, when are you coming up to the bean? Ugh. I'm so glad that seemed like that faded away. Um, anyway, uh, so I, th I thought that that's what Milwaukee was doing. I thought that they were stealing from Atlanta. Because, you know, Atlanta's basically considered a really cool place. There's all the, all the rap stars there, hot Atlanta, all the beautiful women, all of this. I mean, it's a fucking fun place to go to, right? So, and then, you know, who gets excited about Milwaukee? I do. I get excited about Milwaukee because I'm super white. I love Milwaukee. It's like Chicago without all the people. You can still get a wonderful home right on Lake Michigan and not have to deal with all the fucking prices down there in Chicago. And you're close enough if you want to go to Chicago. You know, you want to get fucked up. You know, you spend a little money for a fucking SUV ride all the way down there and you're good to go. So anyways, my apologies. My apologies. I actually... <laughs> I told that story to like three comedian friends 
that I knew. I, I course called Keith Robinson and I had to let him know. And he, oh my God, he read me the riot act. I, I, I don't have the message on me, but there was so many, get it together, Bill, is what he kept saying to me. So anyway, um, the Celtics lost another one. So we've lost to the Pelicans. We blew like a 20-something point lead. Then we lost to the Mavs. Um, and then we lost to the Hawks. Um, and I got to tell you, this is becoming one of those times where asshole sports writers from the East Coast, what they love to do is fuck over the local home team because they don't care about the local home team. They pretend like they do. But if you look at a lot of them, they're not from that area. So they're just writing sports shit. So their job is to stir shit up and try to find controversy where there is no controversy. And then they try to like, you know, sell papers or get people to read their fucking blog. So I'm starting to feel like there's going to be people start asking like, is Brad Stevens the guy? He is the guy. And I'm calling it right now. The Celtics in the next five years are going to win a title. Three to five years, they're going to win a title. Um, and I have faith in Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. It's just right now, we're just going through a rough patch, just like in life. You know, sometimes you go through a little bit of a rough patch, but you know, you don't just fucking quit and join the fucking Warriors, you know, or join the, 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 the Yankees and send David Wells to fucking Toronto and then you start riding around, you know, like you just did something. Sorry. Um, yeah, you ride it out. You write it out. Um, anyway, so I've been reading this book, uh, The Verbally Abusive Relationship and How to Recognize It, something like that. And I got to be honest with you, man. I picked up this book um, being like, all right, when I read this book, I'm just going to be like, yup, I know that person. This is this person in my life. And when I was a kid, yup, yup, that checks all the boxes. I'm a victim, right? And I read that thing. And all I'm seeing is me. <laughs> um, yeah, I do a lot of the shit in there. I don't do it as bad as the people before me, but I still fucking do it. So I, uh, it's really been this uh, amazing book to read. And like, you know, like whenever you... I, we did an episode about this on Ephesus for Family where, you, where when you... When you um, say you confront somebody about some bullshit they did to you, right? And, you know, and you waited a while because, you know, you didn't know how to maybe do it in the moment or you didn't even understand how fucked up it was. And then you got some more information or somebody told you a story where something happened to them and what they did. And all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, that happened to me. And I didn't say anything. So by the time you come to them, what do they always say? What? I never did that. Or like, oh, that was just a joke. Oh, you're too sensitive. I didn't realize that that was being like abusive because then you're like gaslighting the other person. So one of the things that I, I realize that I do is like my wife will be talking about, you know, being in show business and stuff and how difficult it is and, and that they don't let you do this and they don't let you do that. And whenever I hear it, it makes me upset. I'm just like, well, that, that's like a, the wrong way to look at this shit. They don't let me do this. They don't let me do it. Fuck them. Fuck everybody. Just go do what you want to do and just keep doing it. And if it's good, people will notice. They'll come there. And when they come there, everybody else will have to fucking deal with you. You know? Stop fucking sitting there like whining and shit. Right? <laughs> this is me trying to be uplifting. 
So for years, she told me, she goes, well, not, not everybody is wired like you. And, um, and I was like, I wasn't wired like me. When I came in, you know, I fucking, you know, I learned to be like that, right? And I kind of realized by reading this book, it was just like, well, I wasn't like letting other people go on the same journey. It's just like, I already figured it out over fucking 30 years in this business. Get to where I am now. Or quit your whining, you know, being like that. So, interestingly enough, last night, Nia's been watching this show on PBS where they take all these famous people, people in the public eye, <clears throat> socialites, what have you, whatever the fuck you call them, and um, they, they do like their, their DNA thing to find out, like, you know, about their ancestry, right? So I'm watching it last night, and it was funny. Like, they had this, this, uh, this white dude. I forget what his name. I, I don't, I'm not going to remember anybody's name, right? So he's sitting there, and the guy, the host, African-American guy, is reading him all this shit, and he's just going like, wow. Oh, man, that's... I mean, that's, that's crazy. And then they go, okay, at this point, you had, you had a relative that got, like, abducted. And uh, during, I don't want to get too into this because you're going to figure out who it is because I, I don't want to make fun of these people. But it was just interesting to me that he never went deeper than, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it was funny because I could kind of see the host trying to pull emotion out of him. How does that make you feel? And he says, I mean, that's just, I mean, that, that, I mean it's crazy. <laughs> He sounded like, you know, you know those douchey fucking hipster ice cream places where you go there and it's just like, this has, this has like Lemon Hall's uh, peppermint stick. And it's just like, why the fuck would you stick that in ice cream? Oh, try it. And they give you that little douchey wooden spoon. And everybody's like, mm, oh, that's interesting. It's like watching somebody do like, do a fucking, uh, one of those reviews of a cigar. I've, I've always spoken that, about that a lot. I hate cigar reviews. Like, mm, mm, I'm getting hints of cocoa. There's some chocolate in there. Oh, 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 I think a goat walked by this plant. We get it. You have a sensitive palate. Just smoke the thing, you fucking addict. You're just like me. So anyway, um, so then they went and they did uh, Pharrell Williams. They did his, right? And with all the black people on the show, they go... It like it just immediately is just obviously insane because of the history. They find out with his, they found out all the way back to not only his relatives that were slaves. There was a painting of the slave owner and the guy goes, all right, on the next page, you're going to see the white man that owned your ancestors. And they turned the page and it was like whoever painted this picture did not like this guy or this guy was truly the most evil person on the fucking planet. I mean, this guy looked like. It looked like a painting from a haunted house, and he literally had to, like, leave the interview at one point and come back a month later to finish it. And uh, so I was watching that whole thing, and I was just like, wow, this is... And then you listen to, like, white people go, like, do the exact same thing from that fucking verbally abusive thing. Like, oh, that was a long time ago. You know, there was the potato famine. You know, everybody went through stuff, like, not validating it and not giving any sort of closure 
And the whole thing just be like the whole thing, just that book and watching that the whole thing came together. So, um, I don't know if you're a white person and you're fucking open-minded and you actually want to try to learn, like it was one of the most educational things I've ever watched. Um, and I, I don't know, whenever I go and I watch stuff like that, anything from watching kids, bully kids to like hardcore, like concentration camp slavery and all that. I always say the same thing. I just say, I fucking hate people. Um, I don't know why I say that, but I just do. I just fucking, just the level, the, the shit that we are capable of. And I, I'm throwing myself in there too, is, uh, is why I don't, like, there it is. That's why I don't believe in a higher power. I just don't. That he would make human beings that, or she, you know, you know what's funny? Is, is, is like, this is, the, this is the God that when women go, like, God's a female. Like, that's a great argument. Oh, yeah? So she's the one responsible for serial killers and slave owners. <laughs> no, our God is responsible for the daffodils. Um, I guess there's something to say about the yin and the yang of good and evil, a good day versus a bad day, because how could you appreciate stuff, you know, if everything was just great all the time, it would just be normal and you would sort of flatline. You know, which is why the concept of heaven never made sense to me. Where it's just every day you're in heaven. It's like, all right, wouldn't that get boring after a while? You never stub, you don't even stub your toe anymore. Just every day you're just sitting there. This is great. I mean, it's great. It's amazing. Thousand fucking days in. Isn't it great? Yeah, I told you it's fucking great. Oh, here comes Jesus again. I got it, buddy. You're happy that I'm here. I'm happy to be. We're all happy. My fucking face hurts from smiling. Does it ever rain here? Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, now that I brought that up, I should give you the name of this thing. PBS show. Let me find PBS show Ancestry. Uh, Finding Your Roots uh, with Henry Louis Gates. Um, I'm telling you, and if you can find the one, uh, the one that I was just talking about, um, I mean, it's, it's ridiculously moving, um, and, and unbelievably educational. So I highly recommend that. All right. So plowing ahead here, let's talk about something positive and that I got into some of the, uh, darkest behaviors of human beings um so my kid right now is absolutely she has the balance bite down it's and i cannot describe the feeling as a dad to see your kid learn how to balance on a bike because she's not with the pedals yet but she's just right there she's at the point now we have a little hill in the driveway she can go from the hill in the driveway all the way to the garage which is probably like 30 yards and bef- like literally last week, all she could do is maybe like we, you know, we have like the concrete. So there's like square concrete. She could go like a square and a half and they're the big squares. Right. So I was kind of doing like, you know, this one of those things fell off, like those little green things from a palm tree fell off. So I just would put it down and say, hey, you went this far. Let's see if you can go to this. You know, you just turn everything into a game for him. Right. 
So um, I took her to a couple of parks where she could really just go around and, you know, just played this game. You know, she likes me to like just pretend like I'm talking and I'm hanging out and all of a sudden she almost runs over my toes and I flip out and I scream like she's going to run over and I, you know, I get way in front of her and then I stop. I go, you better stop. Don't run over dad's feet. She thinks it's the funniest thing ever. And meanwhile, she doesn't understand that she's going faster and she's starting to glide and all that stuff because she's just laughing, having a good time, right? So yesterday, the whole thing just clicked and I got it on video and everything. And I swear to God, I'm telling you, man, it's it's the, the greatest experience I've had as other than just literally becoming a dad is seeing her figure that thing out. The look on, on a kid's face when they get it, it's like they learned how to fly. It's fucking unreal. <laughs> so I'm now going to, um, now what I have to do is the bigger bike. And what's so funny is look, look how resistant on this little level I was to change, where you can go back on my podcast when I just go off on the balance, like this bike I bought where it would not let you put training wheels on it, you know? And they were like, you know, training wheels are actually detrimental to blah, 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 blah. And, and, and the fact that they took what, you know what it was, is I just don't like being controlled. And I didn't understand that the bike that I bought, because I didn't read, I was just like, you know, she wants a blue bike, blue, there's blue bike, buy blue bike, right? And then it comes, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? You know, I didn't even read anything. Just classic me, classic me. Classic me lashing out, being verbally abusive towards the balance bike people with not even knowing what I'm bitching about. Um, that's going to be on my fucking headstone. Um, so now, now I get it. You, you just, you put the, you take the pedals off the fucking thing. It's a balance bike and a bike. You just don't have the pedals on it. So now I'm just going to have her get on that thing. And what I have to teach her now is uh, is the the handbrakes. She's got to learn how to do that and like pedal and all that. But what's great is with the balance bike is their instinct when they start to tip over is to put their feet down, which is the saving grace. So the exact thing that I was really yelling about was I love my kid and I don't want her to fall down and get hurt um, was what I was really worried about. And as it comes out of me, it's me screaming and yelling, which of course makes you guys laugh. So I can't totally cure that of me or else my, this podcast will turn into that. Um, what was that character? Stuart Smalley. And that's okay. <laughs> so um, I got a few days off here, <clears throat> which I can't believe. I'm just going to hang with the family and uh, do a little barbecue. And um, I'm going to see if I can get her on the uh, the bigger green bike. I'm so friggin' excited for it, but I'm also, also trying not to... Uh, Russia or anything like that. So we're going to do a little drive uh, later on this weekend, a little family drive. And uh, I've gotten her into this different kind of music where if you want your kid to get into ACDC and they're young, the song that really got her into it was uh, on Dirty Deeds. There's a song called uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap is the album, the American album anyways. And um, there's a song called uh, I'm a Rocker. And it's a really fast kind of silly song and it's crazy energy and stuff. And she always says that she goes, Dada, why ACDC sing so crazy? Why do, why do he sing so crazy? And I was just go, well, you know, they're a little nuts. That band, you know, that's, that's five lunatics. <laughs> and they go crazy and they make 80,000 people go crazy every night. It's a great thing. So, um, 
So I'm putting together a little playlist for her. Of You know, Nia has her music and I have my music. So she's listening to, you know, I'm just going like real simple, basic rock stuff. So it's 38 special, Hold On Loosely. Uh, ACDC, uh, I'm a rocker. And then I'm going to have her play, uh, I'm playing uh, that uh, Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll. And uh, I'm kind of hoping if she watches a video, because Joan Jett is like one of the, you know, most badass rock stars ever. It can maybe make her interested in guitar or whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm not forcing influences, but I'm definitely doing little passing shots, shooting a few across the bow to see if she turns her head and follows it. We'll see. Um, so I downloaded that song. And I never noticed that that song, it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting song if you listen to the production on it. It's, first of all, it's, it's three bars of four and then one bar of three. Um, which I never noticed, which is why in the end, when they're singing, they chop off a word. They're, I love rock and roll. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. I love put another dime in. I love rock. Right? They they skip one. That's that's the that's three, which is basically you're just taking one quarter note away. I guess I don't want to get into all this technical shit. But then if you also listen to the track, it sounds like a drum machine. It sounds like a. a is it Rick Rubin who did all like the LL Cool J and um, Beastie Boys shit in the beginning? It sounds like one of his tracks before he was making music. And I, I would, was wondering if he was involved in it or, or if he was too young. Because I remember he kind of he made it real young. Like he was at like NYU making beats and everything. And then he was in that whole downtown village Tribeca scene and shit. Like I read that Beastie Boys book like what? That whole part of New York used to be like after dark. It just seemed like sort of this no man's land of like just young creative people. And um, but anyway, I think um, if you listen to the track, there's like a number of things like almost like the whole riff sounds like a loop. And if it isn't, it's incredible guitar playing because it sounds so everything even like Joan Jett's ow that she does sounds like the like the exact same one they just kept dropping it in and I was talking to a buddy of mine Dave Kushner he does all the music for F is for family and he goes he goes no he goes I don't think because back then they recorded on tape that would have been really hard to do all of that but just have a listen there's something about that song where it almost seems it feels like one of those original um as far as the rap music that I heard in my white cul-de-sac, the first shit that I heard, um, it sounds like one of those tracks with, like, rock guitar over it. Um, and I just thought it was just going to be, like, this simple song. And I was listening to it, and I just kept listening to it over and over. I started playing drums to it, like, oh, whatever. And then the beat turned around. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened there? And I was like, oh, shit. I, I never even noticed that. I used to sing along to the song, too. And towards the end, we had to chop off... Uh, the role of rock and roll or whatever the fuck you have to do to get back on the one. I never noticed that. And then, then that's like, it's a genius fucking track because uh, one of the big things, especially with any sort of like, you know, a big record label was they want basically wanted everything in four. And if you did anything in odd time, they would freak out being like, no, it's not going to be a hit. Like that's going to fuck people up and they're not going to know what's going on. So 
these these artists got so would get so good at it that you know some regular mouth breathing dope like me wouldn't even notice that there was one bar, bar of what's in this country considered odd time anything that's not in four. Um, not saying that there's not songs in three four, but if they would have it in three four, they they the whole song would be in three four, and everyone would just sort of sway, and it was always about like a fucking a ship. You know what I mean? Anytime, like, uh, I don't know why, anytime fucking, there's some rule in music, anytime you would write a song about being at sea, it had to be, you know, with a yo, oh, we'll blow the men down. That stupid fucking piano man's in three. All those baby boomers just swaying back and forth, pretending we're on a booze boat. Um, and he said, man, what are you doing here? It was, it's a really, if you're like a fucking music nerd, like myself, um, you should check it out. Oh, another thing too. I forget the name of the, I think, let me, I, I got one of the coolest fucking drum books. Um, and it's all of this shit that, uh, it's all this shit that I've wanted to learn. History of the... Let me see if this is right. Oh, here it is. I got a killer drum book. Uh, get the Breakbeat Bible. Um, if you're just into like any funk shit, any sort of like um, all that cool ghost note shit, all that shit that came out of like all the way back to Little Richard into James Brown, all of this stuff from the seventies and then what hip hop did with those samples and all of that. Like this is the fucking book to get. And, and it's like, you can take all of your influences with this shit and, and try to spin it in some sort of different direction. It's a, uh, an incredible book. And recently I've just sort of been listening to, um, I love the seventies drum sound. Right. And, um, I've just been like wanting to rather than go on like iTunes, which is, which is the one that I use. Um, I I don't want to just go there and just get like the like Ohio players. I'm you know been listening to them, which was always a frustrating band for me to listen to because I always like I just felt like the the way they mixed the bass and the drums, it was so like on top of each other. My ears just weren't good enough to. Um, you know, to hear like what they were doing. And the drummer, this guy, James Diamond Williams is, was, is an incredibly accomplished player and was, I think he had like a jazz background and he throws some fucking shit in there. He's got a killer foot and he has amazing, uh, licks that he'll throw in that make no sense as far as like, if you want to hit, they usually don't become like that complex, but, Anyway, rather than just knowing, like, the the hits like fire, dun dun dun, or skin tight or whatever, it's like I want to go back and fucking listen to all the B side shit. So I want to I want to get the albums, like I did that with Joan Jett. It's like I don't want to get I Love Rock and Roll off the greatest hits. I want to get the album that this came off off of in 1981. Um, 
and I've been doing that with that and I, them, and I also got into uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and uh, and just the way they marketed him. It was really interesting that the the whole thing, <laughs> so much of his stuff, is just about dancing and fucking. It was just all like a party and like how that sort of like caught on like post-Watergate, post the Vietnam War. Everybody's just like, let's just do some blow, fucking dance and bang each other and just be whoever the fuck you want to be. I don't know what, but there's a cover of this album. I got to see if I can find it. Oh, I think I downloaded it. I got it on my phone. It's one of the funniest fucking like album, uh, album covers I've ever seen where it looks like he's being rocketed to the sky, right? It's, uh, the name of the song I downloaded was, I, I, the one was Que Pasa, and the other was Do You Want to Go Party? And uh, it's off the 1979 album. I literally have to take a picture of the album. This is how bad my eyes are now. Take a picture of the album. Why does it linger on the phone for so long like I'm going to do some Photoshop shit to it? When are they going to realize I don't have those skills? Okay, Do You Want to Go Party? Casey and the Sunshine Band, and it's the lead singer whose last name was Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. His first name was like Henry or Herbert or something like that. So why don't you just go by Casey? Um, he's sitting on like a cork that's just popped off a bottle, right? Like the, like the, the fucking sex metaphor here. He's, he's riding it, and there's a woman in front, like right in front of him, it, it looks like he's, he's banging her, but they got clothes on. And uh, he's obviously getting ready to bust his nut, right? And he's, there's a big orange sort of, I would think the moon, maybe that's a weird night or something, but it looks like the sun. And he's shooting up. And this came out in 1979, right before disco ended. And his career was going to take a, a massive change. So it looks like he's being shot into the stratosphere. I'm sure that's what they thought. But the way music history went, he was really being just shot over the hill like you're it, like it's you're, the time for this music and this this band. It's time, you know, we're, we're getting you out of here, <laughs> being escorted out. And now all this fucking new wave and all this other shit's going to come. And it's really interesting. Um, so anyway, sorry, I'm just babbling on this fucking podcast. I'm already 34 minutes in. I haven't even told you the story about solo in a helicopter the other day. I had this fucking great flight. Like, um, I've gotten back into trying to get my instrument rating. I've cleared all my schedule, and I'm just, I'm fucking doing it. After this little vacation here, three-day thing here, I'm doing with my family. But, um, so, you know, I'm a really, obviously, cautious pilot and everything. And, um, you know, I like to be, like, totally overly 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 like ready to solo but then still do 10 more lessons with an instructor so that's where I was at right and it was a nice day and I came up and I, I pre-flighted the helicopter and I ran to my instructor at the airport he was hanging out with this other guy and he goes so you're gonna take it up and solo today I was like you know I don't know I kind of got some stuff to do and then the guy he's with he goes go do it now's the time go do it get over the hump or else you're never gonna do it and I was like, all right, he's right. He's right. You know, I got to get my confidence up. So I went out, you know, the helicopter I fly, I have like a little four-wheeler and it's on a, a little helipad. I take it out of the hangar. I bring it all the way out. And 
you know, the big thing is for me, it's it's nothing about taking off, flying around, and landing. It's the it's the helipad thing. I I my whole time flying, I've always just set it on the ground. And the ground is very forgiving. It's the fucking earth. It's kind of hard to miss the earth. You know, and when you set it down, you're not gonna you can't fall off the earth as much as flat earthers think you can. But when you're setting it on a helipad, there is a finite space for you to put this thing in. There's the four-wheeler and the little tow hitch, and it's only like, I mean, it looks like it's right there, like you're parking behind a fucking car. And um, when you get over the helipad, if you hover there too long, close to the pad, what's called in-ground effect, is you swirl all the air, and it causes the helicopter to become unstable. You got to do a lot of stuff with your feet to try to keep the tail straight, you know, and the nose pointed forward and set it down. What you really want to do, you know, is just sort of be coming in in this really, really slow descent and just almost like drive it onto it. So anyway, I brought the thing out. Uh, you know, I, I took my time. I did the whole pre-flight. I did the whole thing, just made just meticulous. I'm learning all the names of the parts, all of this stuff. I brought the thing out. I got her fueled up. You know, I did everything, just did everything by the book and uh, lifted her up. You know, she went a little bit to the left, but I was able to recover it quickly. Nothing crazy because um, I made sure that I got her light on the skids and I sort of adjusted the trim so I could bring her up in a nice controlled way. Backed away from the pad. You know, I'd already made my radio call and was cleared for takeoff and I... I just sort of, you know, made sure my tail was clear, brought it over, took off from the actually taxiway, and I was off. And I had this amazing flight, flew all the way out to Brackett, and, uh, which is just west of um, Ontario, and they have this little pad on the north side. And I just went there, and I just practiced pickups and setdowns, and the first few were rough. And I just kept pick, picking it up, doing a clearing turn to the right and just setting it down just over and over and over again till I got it down where I could set it down like a daisy. Then I requested straight out departure, right? And I fucking went back to the airport. I had everything down. I was listening to the ATIS because I have to go through an airport airspace and then immediately in the next airspace where I want to land, I won't have time. The ATIS is just the information. So you know what runway, where the winds are blowing and all that shit. So... um Called the tower. Everything was great. I came in for a landing. One th oh, I, I know what I fucked up. Was I was, I got like all the latest technology on this thing. So I can actually monitor while one frequency while listening to the other. So I was going through the airspace of one um, where I had to make the call to get permission to transition their airspace. And I was listening to the ATIS of, of the airport because I wasn't going to have time because the second I was out of their airspace, I'm in the other one and I have to ask for permission to land and I have to tell them that I listened to the information and I know what the fuck is going on, right? So I was monitoring that, which is a great feature. And when I, went, when I was done, I then cleared out that frequency and put in the frequency for the next airport. But what I didn't shut off was the monitoring device. So when I came into the airspace of the place I was going to land, I was also still listening to the other airport's airspace. And as I was cleared to land, I was coming in and I heard them clear somebody to take off. And it was the same numbers as the runway. And they were coming the other way. And I was like, what the fuck? 
but you know, it was just for like half a second. And uh, so I just sort of cheated over to the, uh, where the, uh, what do you call it? I just cheated over to the taxiway just in case. And then I went like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I was listening. It was just this little half a second thing. But I stayed calm. I figured it out. And I also made the move in case the uh, air traffic controller, for some reason, forgot that I was coming in. And he decided that, you know, the wind changed that quickly that they'd be coming at me. So um, I was like, okay, learned that. You know, you learn something every time, right? So then I came in, landed. And then I was like, all right, here we go. Big boy time. Let's set it down on the pad, right? So I came in. And because I did all of that work, I came in, I just set it right down on the pad. Everything went great. And then you know what's hilarious? Was I didn't have the four-wheeler in gear. So me just sort of driving it on, I, I landed on it. And the four-wheeler started to move with the, tr- with the fucking helipad and me on it like a jerk-off. But, you know, the weight of the helicopter stopped it like immediately. It only rolled like three feet. But I was sitting there going like, am I really going to have to lift up, back off the helipad, set this fucking thing down, shut it off, go over, put that fucking thing in gear. I, I would have looked like a complete jerk off, but it's just shit that you learn. So I had it in neutral just because it's an old four-wheeler. And it's kind of, it's the only way you can start is if it's in neutral, and it's a pain in the ass. And I put the, the things to, to make sure it didn't roll. I put them under the tires of the four-wheeler rather than the helipad. And I learned that that was a mistake because the four-wheeler can just roll right up and over them. So other than that, it went great. And uh, this story is really just for other pilots out there because everybody else, you know, they're going to be like, oh, dude, you're going to fucking die. And all this dumb shit that they say. And one of the great things I ever learned, it said that basic aviation, is it's as safe as you are. So I know I, I made a couple of mistakes there, but it was, wasn't like major shit. Um, it, it's more like, you know, if you're not going to pre-flight something and you're not going to look at TFRs and you're not going to fucking see what the weather is, you're just going to go out there. You know, and then fly like a fucking idiot and not, you know, basically do all the shit they told you not to do. Yeah, you're not going to have a good day. But I can tell you this, without a doubt, having someone who's done both, there's nothing more dangerous than driving down the fucking highway in Los Angeles. It's absolutely fucking terrifying. Terrifying. And I know that they have all this crazy technology now, but if you, you look what the fuck happened to Tiger Woods, I mean, that could just happen. Um. And it's like, you're up in the air. There's nobody up there. I mean, there's people up there, but I can actually see where the fuck they are, and we're all talking to each other. It's infinitely more safer. I can't even tell you about how much safer. Do you pre-flight your fucking car before you fucking go drive it, before you drive in 80, 90 miles an hour in the left lane? And what if your fucking engine just quit, and then you're sitting there, and there's some douche right behind you? You know, I don't know. I just think the probability of, of getting hurt, it's my own thing i just hate that i have to defend such a fun thing to do um all right let's do uh what do we got here uh liquid death we got a new this is not booze this is the exact opposite all right sad fact if we don't get plastic production under control plastic pollution will outweigh fish by 2050 i'm gonna read that again how crazy it is if we don't get plastic pollution under control plastic pollution will outweigh fish by 2050 Okay, if you want to talk about an abusive relationship is these corporations, what they're doing to the environment and, and, and their fucking foot on everybody's goddamn throat. I don't know what their end game is. They, for some reason, cannot see beyond the next quarter. 
Um, anyways, by now, everyone knows you're supposed to drink lots of water. Do we do it? No. I certainly don't. So many of us go through life dehydrated. By the time you feel thirsty, you've needed water for a while. Uh, look at that. I just had a weird hiccup there. You need it for a while. Uh, feeling thirsty? Chug one. Liquid death actually helps you drink. I heard you're not supposed to do that. Like, you're not supposed to just chug the water. You're supposed to, you know... But I guess they're liquid death. You fucking chug this shit. Liquid death actually helps you drink water. Uh, easier to chug. No more cap. So you just have to finish it. <laughs> this is th these guys are like militant in their fucking belief that you need to drink water. Um. Well, don't you see a bunch of bottled waters not finished with no cap on it? And there's a cap sitting next to it. I don't know if you guys, I, I, I like that how committed these guys are to getting you, uh, these women or whoever, to get you hydrated. Uh, the water is 100% mountain water from the Alps. None of that processed tap water like most of the major bottling brands. Tapped at the sources, purified while keeping 100% of the original mineral profile. By minerals, we mean electrolytes. Oh, so electric lights are an actual thing. Uh, that The kind that murder your thirst instantly. The brand Death to Plastic. Um, oh, so these guys, you know, they're getting you hydrated and they're against plastic. I fucking love these guys. We need more companies like these guys. This, this right here, you know what I like about a company like this? This gives me fucking hope. All right, because you can't face corporations head on. You got to go covert. You got to come from underneath. You need to support a new fucking company like this. So now you know what's going to happen. All these plastic corporations, they're going to start circling. They're going to start throwing mountains of coke, whores, and money at these guys to try to buy their fucking brand. Um, get it at Whole Foods, 7-Eleven. Or if you've been to Texas recently, you can get it at Walmart. Um... Joke about how the can looks like beer. Well, it does. It does. It looks like, uh, I don't know what. I, I've spent so long since I drank. For some reason, I'm thinking Natty Light there. Uh, get two free cookies with your first order of any case of water at liquiddeath.com slash burr. Just hit up their merch store. Add the koozie. Oh, you get two free koozies. It's like, why are they writing cookies with a K? This thing was spelled K-O-O-K-I-E-S. It's koozies. Add the koozie two-pack you want, and you get it free with your first case. Well, that's a koozie. I don't know what the fuck. Cookies and koozies. You're getting something. Only at liquiddeath.com slash burr. I'm getting that shit. I'm getting that shit. All right? I was actually trying one year when I went on the road to try to not drink any more plastic bottles of water and I was bringing my thermos out there because I was thinking the places I was performing at would have a bubbler or at least the hotel um, to try and lessen my like you ever lined up all the bottles of water that I drank and probably didn't finish on acting gigs and fucking uh, other things like that um, wow I would be uh, yeah I think at this point, we all need to go out in the ocean and take some of our plastic back. What do you do with it? I was always thinking that it'd be amazing if you could just somehow get all of the pollution that we've created, right? And just put it on a spaceship and then send it towards the sun. But then you know what happened. It would burn up. 
And there would be like this fucking <laughs> this gas. <laughs> and it would just be out there. And the scientists would be like, Want? there is a one and four billion chance that by September of next year. Sorry, I just watched uh, Dr. Strangelove. Once we will come through it, we will breathe in all of our old plastic water bottles. This could cause craziness. All right, I have to get out of here. I got to go back inside. All right, so that's it. You guys, uh, let's see. What did, what did I recommend? Yeah, the Breakbeat Bible, if you're a drummer, uh, and the PBS show Ancestry. And uh, what was that? I'll, and I'll give you the name of that book that I'm reading, which is really helping me out. It was funny. I thought I was going to get to blame a bunch of people, and I'm actually realizing I, I, I have yet more work to do on myself. The verbally... Oh, there it is. It's called The Verbally Abusive Relationship. I got the expanded edition because I'm really fucked up. <laughs> the third edition for any other lunatics out there. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourself. Have a great weekend, you cunts. And... Uh, that's it. I'll talk to you later. Go Bruins, go Celtics, go fuck yourself. going on it's bill bird it's the monday morning podcast for monday february 25th 2013 how's it going um i'm still in boston my my recorder's still fucked up so just bear with me there's gonna be one more week but i promise i plugged in my laptop so there won't be the fan sound this week at least i got rid of that right it's uh it's snowing out here i'm sitting in a hotel room I got the Oscars on in the background, not because I want to watch them. Nia was just watching them. I told her to go downstairs to the bar while I do this. Um, I'd like to have her on the podcast, but it's going to sound like shit. It sounds like shit with one person. Forget about two. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I was all psyched to do this stupid podcast, and I had the sound out on the TV, and I saw Barbara Streisand, and I was like, holy shit, is she singing? I know she notoriously has stage fright. She doesn't like to do it. So I turned it on, and she was singing that song, Memories, which is, um, who's kidding who? It's one of the most depressing fucking songs you're ever going to listen to. It really just affected my mood. Um, Barbara, if you're listening to this, could you please stop singing that fucking song? Memories, when we all used to be young. A lot of our dreams didn't happen, and now we're gonna die. Right? I fucking do not like sad songs like that. I don't mind individual pain. Oh, speaking of songs, uh, I re you know, I've known about that dude, Bruno Mars, for a while. And I just, I listened to a little bit of his shit. But, you know, I'm an old man. I can't relate to somebody singing about the prime of their life. I mean, I, I lived through the prime of my life. At least I hope I did. Well, maybe I hope I didn't, which means it would get better at some point, And then Barbara Streisand wouldn't be fucking bumming me out. They're goddamn depressing songs.
You know what's annoying? She always sings it with the most sparkly fucking dress on. They should rename that song, Put a Gun in Your Mouth. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Look how old Richard Gere is now. It's just, I, I don't need this. You just told me fucking Ernest Borgnine died, which I didn't even know. Half the people who are dying made movies when I was a kid now. Which means the, that fucking Grim Reaper uh, sickle is right on my ass. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that somebody who did something on E.T. just died. Or some guy who made the fucking shark fin in Jaws died. Well, I guess maybe I do. That guy should get, he should get his, uh, he should get his due. Right? Can you guys hear me typing here? I just remember I needed to talk about something. That, that guy should get his due without fuck, you know, without a doubt. But I mean, I, I don't, I just find it really depressing. You know, I don't know. Anyways, the hell am I talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm here in Boston and, uh, oh, this is going to be a rough one, people. This is going to be a rough one. Once again, once again, talking into my fucking laptop. This is bizarre to me. Um, I'm out of my comfort zone. There. There I said it. You know, I haven't watched all the Oscars. Did they, did, did they do that stupid moment they do every year where they go, movies, they allow us to dream. They allow us to look at life differently. They allow us to see a future where things are better. They allow us not to have our balls sticking to our legs in the summertime. If you don't have air conditioning, it's great to go in the theater. Um, I actually didn't see a lot of the movies this year. Jesus, look at the fucking ass on her. Um... Anybody else notice Nicole Kidman did too many of those those shoulder shrug exercises? What the fuck was going on with her? She looked like a cornerback. Just in the neck, though. Is that Pilates? Pilates? Like, um, that's one good thing that we got out of the Inquisition, didn't we? Is we got that little Pilates stretcher rack there. How fucked up was the Inquisition, huh? Bunch of people going around torturing you until you say that you believed in the bearded baby. You know? Is it any wonder I, why I left that religion? Oh, who's kidding who? I didn't want to get up that fucking early. Um, anyways, I had, a, I had a huge, huge week. Uh, before I really get going here, I want to thank everybody who uh, came out to the Patrice O'Neill benefit on Tuesday night. Uh, it was an unbelievable success, and it was so great to finally send send him off the right way. And i, I got to tell you... Um, Everybody on the show was hilarious, and I, I really felt that people stepped it up and were just going above and beyond. Um, um, like Keith Robinson was the funniest I've ever seen him. Colin Quinn, Jim Norton, David Tell, everybody crushed. Ian Edwards was, was great just because, uh, you know, he does a lot of writing, and I think not enough people know what a phenomenal comedian he is. Uh, Rich Voss hosted. Bobby Kelly jumped on the grenade. Came out first. Will Silvitz. Who else? Did I miss somebody in there? I probably missed somebody and they're going to get upset. But um, it was such a success. Um, I, I, I'm not going to... I, I hope that we get to do it again. Because it was great to see all those guys. And everybody, of course, was backstage. Trash and everyone. Some people wore suits. Other people didn't. So immediately there was a Hatfields and McCoys going on in the green room. So everybody was getting trashed. Norton took a nice pounding. 
Poor guy got himself in shape. He thinks he's looking good, but evidently he bought a suit when he was a little more pudgier. So everyone was trashing him about that. And, uh, you know, I caught some shit for my big head. You know, the usual. The usual sort of, oh, the tit for tat that went on backstage. But um, I want to thank everybody who came out. Um, it, um, it really was an awesome night. And uh, I feel... Very thankful that all you guys who bought tickets came out and see people who bought the posters and that type of thing. And I'm really hoping that we can do it again at some point. I have no idea when. Next year, two years, I have no idea. But it was too fun to not at least consider maybe doing it again. All right? So there you go. All right. Back to the podcast here. I've already started this thing a couple of times. I forget if I already brought this up. But uh, Tom Papa has joined the wonderful world of all things comedy podcast network that i started with al madrigal um he's going to be taping a new stand-up special and there's free tickets available if you're in the new york area he's going to be at the uh the skirball did i already do this i probably already did but i'm gonna do it again he's at the skirball on march 7th we'll put the link up there i don't remember did i already do it i probably already did it ah jesus christ anyways oh i was talking about singers so Bruno Mars was this guy that, you know, I knew he was a talented kid or whatever. But like I said, you know, a lot of his songs, it was about being young and going out and partying, that whole being in your 20s and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I'm an old bastard. I mean, I think I'm closer to Neil Young's age than I am Bruno Mars. But uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was clicking, going through the Internet, and I saw him sing on that show, The Voice, uh, which had I known it was The Voice, I wouldn't have watched it because I don't like that show. I don't like how they all sit there with their fucking backs to the singer and their lazy boys, and then they hit the button and they turn around. That's supposed to be, like, exciting for me as the viewer. You know, like, my life is that sad and pathetic. Not saying it's not sad and pathetic, but, you know, you got to do more than spin around in a fucking lazy boy to get me going, all right? But anyways, he goes on that show, sang this song, When I Was Your Man, absolutely fucking crushes it. Watched it like 10 times. So this whole week, I'm up at the uh, the Wilbur Theater, and I'm working with uh, the sensation, Joe DeRosa. And I keep telling him about it. He keeps breaking my balls, saying that I like this fucking teen idol and all that type of thing. And I just wouldn't let it up. And I finally made him sit down and watch it last night when we were hammered. He got through it, and then I took an unbelievable pounding from him and Nia that I actually like it. But you know what? I stand by it. I don't give a shit if you guys give me a rough... You know what I was excited about? Is the fact that there's there's somebody young out there who can actually just go out there with a piano player and just sing. You know? Those DJs, they, I, I don't... You know, I've already talked about that on Conan. I, I, don't, I don't fucking get what's going on there. You know? Fucking Kanye West... Guy does a whole song. Use a whole album. Using auto-tune. He can't even sing. And even worse, he goes out on fucking tour. And people are paying tickets to watch a guy sing who can't fucking sing. Without, he's singing through like this iron lung or some shit. And they're paying like a hundred bucks to sit in the front row to watch somebody who can't even fucking sing. It was just, you know, it made me feel good to see somebody just come out there and absolutely fucking crush it like that. So, um... I've been joking with Nia. I was like, I got to go see this dude live 
And I have to bring you because there's going to be a bunch of fucking teenage girls. And then my old ass is going to be standing there. <laughs> I'm going to get arrested. But uh, I don't know. It was, a, it, was a great thing to, uh, it was a great thing to see. You know, when you get old, what happens is, is shit changes. And because you're grumpy, you don't think anything's better. Is this too fucking loud? Am I blowing myself out here? It's like a goddamn heart attack here in the mixer. Um, no, when you get old, like shit changes. Some shit changes for the better. You know, hair transplants are way better. <laughs> Some medicine is better, but a lot of other shit suffers. Cars all look the same. I guess they're better as far as they're handling and safety and shit, but you know, some shit was better. People could sing back in the day. So it's nice to see somebody that can, all right? Jesus Christ, you think I'm drunk here. That's actually two positive things I've said in a row. That never happens on this podcast. Um, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm actually upset that I missed and happy that I missed was... Uh, women fighting in the UFC. I, I just there's just something there's just something so wrong about that. You know, to be just sitting there taking fucking kicks to your womb. I mean, you you women you're supposed to be better than that. You're supposed to be able to solve your fucking problems. You know, by by I don't know, pulling each other's hair. I don't want to see some girl take a kick to her titties. It's just and grounding and pounding their pretty faces. There, there really is. To, I don't know. I don't want to get used to seeing that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you first start watching porn. Second, a girl bends over doggy style. You're like, holy shit. That's amazing. You know, it's incredible. Then after a while, it doesn't do anything for you. You got to go to the next level. I don't want to do that with fighting. I want to keep it like, you know, I can watch two guys beat the shit out of each other. I really don't want to see two women kick the shit out of each other. So, but on the other side, I think it's a great thing that women can fight like that. I, I actually have a solution. I might bring this up to Rogan if I, if I get to do his podcast. Um, or if I ever bring him on this one, if I stop being so fucking lazy and actually have a guest every once in a while. Uh, I have a solution. I think that those the women of the UFC, rather than fighting each other, they should fight uh, convicted rapists. Right? Just hear me out. You take them out of, out of the, <laughs> and they don't know. They don't know. Wait, that's weird. Is that too much? If if the rapist doesn't know that he's going to have a, a pay per view fight, that he's going to be involved in it. Um. Ah, oh, whatever. Give the rapist a fighting chance. Here's the deal. You go in there. You fight the broad, and uh, if you if if she wins, everyone's going to be happy. If if the rapist wins, then what? He gets to go free. You can't let him go. What does he get? A couple cartons of cigarettes, dude. You know how fucking how much of an asshole you'd have to be to root for the rapist? Because that's a fucked up thing. Like Vegas would be then taking odds. So at some point. They would have to make just, you know, because money, Vegas always wants money on both sides of the ball. They would have to make it so fucking enticing that you'd have to bet the rapist just so they could offset everybody who doesn't want to bet on a, on a rapist. Right? I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that one. I'll have to work that one out as far as how that would work out. Did anybody watch it? Can you send me some emails?
Because I, I really don't want to see that. I, I've seen it in boxing a couple times. And some girls just sort of jab the other, throwing out a s- stiff jab and just punches the girl right in one of her breasts. And there's, there's just something wrong about it. <laughs> you know? A low blow. She had a baby, man. You know, you can't. It's just. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Some women actually get mad at that. With their their constant quest to be doing everything that men do. And never really stepping back to consider whether what we're doing is stupid or not. They just want to fucking do everything that we're doing so they can feel like that they are they are free. Um, Charlize Theron, what do you think about that haircut? That Wayne Gretzky in 1988. She should be up there fucking accepting the heart trophy. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, but when she was on the uh, the red carpet, she said uh, they asked her about her haircut, and she said the same thing every chick says that has short hair. She goes, "Oh my God, it's so freeing. It just, it's just every woman should do it." And I'm thinking, like, no, they shouldn't. For my own selfish reasons. You know, you don't need to get the Ethel haircut that young in your life. That's really what that is. That basically, when you get that haircut, you're basically saying, you know, I don't care if my husband wants to fuck me or not. We're, we're legally bound here. I got enough years in. By all means, go fuck somebody else. I, I really don't care. And, uh, oh, my God. You know something like I've noticed that with like in marriages that that's that's a moment in the marriage when the woman when I'm sure some people can send me some emails when your wife cuts off all her beautiful hair I oh got it so easy I just wash and go you know right then when a woman gets a haircut that short it's like doggy style becomes a really weird position You know, depending on their hair color, they can all of a sudden look like one of your friends. You know? All right. I'm really going off on the women here. I'm really putting you guys in a box, no pun intended. All right? I don't think you should fight in the UFC unless you're fighting rapists. And uh, I don't think that you should get the uh, Mabel haircut until you're, I don't know. That should be the menopause haircut. Hot flashes. I can't have my teenage hair anymore. It's making my brow sweaty. I think that that's when you should cut it off. Do you know? They always do. They always... I don't know. Then they always have to still fucking tease it in some way. It's like, why don't you just... Just just part it on the fucking side. If you're just going to go out and go out and get like a Steve Carell haircut, then you should comb it like him. Steve Carell, that's a bad, that's a bad reference. Who has just a, a George Clooney? You know? Jesus, Bill. Are you judging enough people here or what? Yeah, I am. I am. What are you going to do about it? All right, click in here on here. I know this is making a ton of noise. I don't know what to tell you. I got some advertising here I got to read. All right, everybody. Where is it? Where is it? Legal Zoom, everybody. Legal Zoom. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business? Well, it's right now. LegalZoom, the official sponsor of the National Start Your Business Month, wants you to get started right now. 
whether you're setting up an LLC, an S-Corp, sole proprietorship, or a nonprofit, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. Their award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country. Every business gets personalized attention. That's why over 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend the service to their family. You'll be in good company. Three dozen companies on the INC, I guess that's Inc., 500 lists were started through LegalZoom. Um, wow, man, that's actually 36 of them, for those of you who can't add. Um, it's National Start Your Business Month, so start your business right at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction. So if you need help, ask them. But there's so much more. Now every LLC and incorporation package includes easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value, absolutely free. Be sure to enter Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. Start your business, protect your family, and safeguard your assets at LegalZoom today. All right? And after you've started your business, oh, shit, Quentin Tarantino won an Oscar. Oh, that's awesome. Good for him. Best original screenplay. He looks good, too. He's got a leather tie there. He is. He's got to have something in there that he's a maverick. Ah, oh, that makes me happy. Good for him. Um, all right. Stamps.com, everybody. Um, do you want to do everything you can do at the post office and the safety of your own home, safety of your own apartment? Um, in your little tent city, usestamp.com. With stamps.com, everything you would do at the post office, you can do right from your own desk. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter package using your own computer or printer. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale, calculates the exact postage you need for any class of mail. You'll never have to go to the post office again or even lease one of those expensive postage meters. I use stamps.com to send out all my DVDs. I never have a problem. It's made my life a lot easier. And I'm so dumb, if I can figure it out, so can you. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for a special offer, no-risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer, includes a digital scale, and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. That was a pretty good read. I got to admit... I was reading that and watching a very excited Quentin Tarantino. Sorry, I leaned back. Fuck, forget the microphones right here. Oh, it's going to be so uneven. Um, where the hell are we? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, guys. This is, this is even for me, this is a level of unprofessionalism. Um, did I mention Tom Papa yet? <laughs> you know what sucked today? Aside from the fact that it was doing that annoying, not raining, not snowing, and blowing horizontally right in your face. I really do not miss the winter, by the way. I do not miss this shit at all. I'm going to go right back out to Los Angeles and, and breathe in that nice, warm smog that I've really gotten accustomed to. Um, what do we got here? I, you know, the Bruins are on today, and I have the, uh, I have the whatever, the center ice package, whatever you call it, on my computer. And, but because it was a local game, it's blacked out on my computer, and I'm in a hotel, and they don't have Nesson, so I didn't get to watch it. But I did see the clip of uh, Zidane Ochara's 360 backhand goal, you know? Let's see John Scott do that, Buffalo fans. Hey, Buffalo fans, did you see, see what's-his-face said John Scott shouldn't even be in the league? I literally sound like a schoolgirl. 
Even Jeremy Roenick doesn't like him. Um, <laughs> I can't wait till we play the, the Sabres again. And I can't wait till we play the stupid Canadians. You know what I love about the Canadians? Is they're still trying to walk around like they're the kings of the league. I mean, last time the Canadians won a Stanley Cup, white people loved O.J. Simpson. Okay? White people, last time they won it, it was a year before, white people were like, oh, my God, O.J. is a monster. You know? And black people, too, but only amongst themselves. They're not allowed to admit it to white people. (laughs) That's how long it's been. And they still walk around. Oh, it's so embarrassing when you go up to this stupid this stadium there. Right as you go in, all they got all their Stanley Cups, you know, which I'm sure was a great idea when they built the place because they probably thought there's no fucking way we're going to go on a, you know, decade upon decade drought here because they're not winning it this year. You know they're not. And if, uh, you know, if they win it this year, um. I'm actually going to lobby. No, if they, if they straight up win, I don't give a fuck. But if I've, I haven't watched too many of their games, but if they're playing that trap defense like I heard, um, like that Can- Canadians-Rangers game where the, the coach of the Rangers said it was one of the worst hockey games he's ever seen, just completely boring. I don't understand for the life of me why the NHL just doesn't make that an illegal defense. If basketball, if the NBA is smart enough to be like, listen, guys are too big and too fast. You've come up with a defense that is just far too effective. It's so cutting down the scoring. It's affecting the entertainment value of the product. That's an illegal defense. You can't do it anymore. I don't know why. They just haven't made the fucking thing illegal. It's the worst. It's the fucking worst. All you do is just sit there watching the other team just dumps it in the whole game. You know? And the other team just sits there waiting for you to make a mistake. It's it's literally, it's like, I I don't know what it's like watching. It's, I can't even say a pitcher's duel. Because a pitcher's duel is exciting watching if they're mowing people down. There's still great plays being made, like exciting stops in the field. If, you know, somebody's got a no-hitter going, that can be exciting. No scoring in hockey. I can't even say no scoring. No rushes on the net. You know? I think that basically, you know, the forwards should all be required. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess, I don't know. The trap is, they are forechecking. It's just too, it's too fucking effective. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it, but it's perfect. I was actually, I'll give you a link to it for you guys who aren't hockey fans if you watch it. It's really phenomenal. So, uh, it's just, they, people just can't, I was watching one YouTube video and the guy was saying he had a system that could beat it, but I don't think he does or else somebody in the NHL would be doing it. You know what I like to do, people? I like to have a microphone that I lean away from talking about the most obscure of the top four sports and breaking down the defenses because I feel that that's going to be, that's going to be interesting for the fans. Um... All right, let, let's let's get, let me at least, for the love of God, get to a goddamn letter here. Uh, this is from Mexico. Um, hola, hombre. Sorry. Um, first of all, I'm a huge fan of yours from Mexico. If I was a newscaster, I would have been. First of all, I'm a huge fan of yours from Mexico. Um, I love your stand-up. 
I love when you are on Conan. Thank you very much. Thanks for all. Keep it up. Thank you. All right. That was it? Oh, that was the whole letter. Oh, I'm sorry. I love you, stand up. I love when you are at Conan. And most recently, I love the boots you are rocking at your latest appearance. So if possible, could you share what brand... What brand are those? Where the fuck are they? You know what? I have them. Hang on a second. I'll go get them. I'll go get them for you. Oh, my God. What a podcast. It's amazing. Here they are. Coming back with the shoes. I got to be honest with you. Mi amigo from Mexico. Um, I got these when I was in Stockholm, Sweden. I had to get something. They are... uh, Ah, Christ, my fucking eyes are going. I tell you that. I tell you that my fucking eyesight's going. You know what pissed me off? Is I was hanging out with uh, Opie from the Opie and Anthony show. And he asked me one day, he goes, dude, have you, are your eyes starting to go yet? I go, no, my eyes are fine. He goes, he's like, they will, bro. They will. He's always doing that shit. Your shoulder hurt? No. No, it doesn't. Hey, wait, we wait. You wait, it's gonna... And I'm like, why does he think that all of his ailments are going to hit me? It's not an age thing. It's how you lived your life. You know? We have two totally different bodies. Why would you say that to me? And the fucking son of a bitch was right about my eyes. Wasn't right about the shoulder. All right. They're called uh, Rizzo? It's either Rizzo or or Pizzo. (laughs) I think it's Rizzo. R-I-Z-Z-O. I got him in Sweden, though couple of years ago and god knows they probably stopped making them because that's what they do right they start making clothes everybody loves them and then they get rid of them they got to get some new ones you hear these right here you know what that's the sound of an almost empty tin of bootleg bootleg fucking m&ms these things there's something wrong with them i can't stop eating it but they're disgusting totally ripped off m&ms they look just like them, except they don't have the M on them. All right, this is from Ireland. Ireland in the New World Order. Dear Billifer, I've been a huge fan of your podcast for years now and think your advice is pretty fucking great. Thank you. In fact, listening to one of your podcasts helped me leave a shitty, toxic relationship. Look at this. Oh, Billy Redface, helping people out. And I've been lucky enough to meet a fantastic woman since. Hey, buddy, I couldn't be more happy for you. Could have been happier for you. Anyways, he says... Enough blowing smoke up your arse. I love when people do that. I didn't ask you to do it. And I helped you out with the most important thing in your life. So go fuck yourself. Anyways, he said, I'm from Ireland. And that country is pretty much owned by the European banks now and no longer a sovereign state. Essentially, it was taken down economically, economically and everyone is in debt now. I live in Britain. And now they are voting on having secret courts and all kinds of terrifying Orwellian shit. Secret courts? Oh, my God. So it does seem we are skipping towards the New World Order. My question is on population reduction. How do you think the New World Order are going to take us all out? Also, when you say you understand why they want to do this, what about the fact that they want to turn who's left into slaves? Uh, I don't condone it, but I mean, that is pretty much uh, the history of human beings. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, we're all unbelievably lucky to be living right now as free people. You know? Because when you really think about yourself, what do you, you know, what are you bringing to the table? You know? I don't know. I can't talk for you, but I'm certainly not royalty. I haven't invented anything. Um... Uh, so why shouldn't I be out there picking up heavy shit for smart people? That's probably one of the dumbest things I ever said, but I, I get, I don't know. I just, I, I don't have any faith in human beings. I just think that uh, there's a select few that are uh, decent, and I'm not including myself when I say that, and I just don't feel that, um, I don't feel that people handle power they can't handle it, you know? And that even goes for regular people. A lot of people shit on, you know, the rich. Oh, they're fucking assholes and they act like they're better people. But, I mean, if if you just look at what, the pe- what people do on the Internet, when they just have the power of being anonymous, how fucking mean that they are. And, you know, I know some people just troll them, but a lot of people, they just, you know, they're assholes. They're like, holy shit, I can say whatever I want and not get in trouble for it. And they just immediately just say the meanest shit they can possibly say. You know, I, I think that I, if you actually got a position of power where you could do something else, you, you'd probably abuse that too. So, anyways, how do, how do I think they're going to take us all out? I don't know. I, uh, cell phones. Cell phones. They're probably just cooking up brains. I have no idea. I, I would think that they would do the usual shit, divide divide you 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 basically um say that these people are better than these people these people are out to get us yada 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 i don't know but you know it has to be done (laughs) people do you think we're just gonna keep having more and more people and eventually this shit isn't gonna hit the fan do you honestly think that there can be 7 billion people on the planet we're not affecting the planet, you know? Imagine if there was 7 billion deer on this planet and for some fucked up reason, for like a four-year period, they all really got into rollerblading. Did I use this analogy yet? I can't remember. Let's just say they all really got into rollerblading. Then after four years, it was considered gay and they all got, they just threw out their rollerblades. Throw them into the fucking ocean. I mean, it would just be open season on deer. They're like, these fucking deer are the biggest assholes ever. Um, yeah, we're out of control. We're out of control, and a lot of tough decisions are going to have to be made. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I find though, I find it all funny, though. Uh, I've gotten beyond the scary scariness of it. I got beyond the depression of it. And uh, something's going to happen. Look, if, if they're not actually... Um, look, if somebody isn't out there trying to take over the whole world, then humanity has been wiped off the planet. There's always going to be somebody out there trying to do that shit. But uh, I don't know. I think if we keep fucking and having kids and all that type of shit... Uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about the New World Order doing anything to us. I think Mother Nature will swiftly, or slowly, I don't know, they'll handle it. 
There's only so many fish. Hey, you want to kill all of them? Yeah, see how that works out. You know? Melt the fucking ice caps, drown us. Very easy. Very easy to get rid of us. Couple of storms. Do I sound crazy? Well, maybe I am. I don't give a fuck. Um, Cheater at the Wilbur. Um, Hey, Bill, I saw you. uh, I was at your late show last night. And before I get into it, I had a great time. All right. Anyway, about 20 to 30 minutes before the sensation, Joe DeRosa took the stage. By the way, Joe DeRosa is taping his half-hour Comedy Central Presents right here in Boston on Tuesday night. And uh, Comedy Central, they're giving out free tickets. So why don't you guys go down and support my boy? I'd really appreciate it. If you're busy, I understand. A couple of you show up. Be a nice thing. Um, anyways, about 20 to 30 minutes before the sensation took the stage. He was great, by the way. I was sitting next to this fairly attractive woman up in the mezzanine. She took one look at this usher, and you could tell her twat got wet, and she wanted him. Jesus, dude, you were really paying attention to this. Um, she started talking to him and hitting on him and eventually s- settling on a time and day to get together with him, and they exchanged phone numbers. For about five minutes after this exchange, I was admittedly a little jealous of this guy until the lady's husband came and sat down with her. He was definitely her husband. And at first, it was a little uncomfortable for me, especially when she gave me a, a, you better keep your mouth shut or I'll stab you, look. Dude, did this really happen or did you dream this? Who would just fucking openly cheat like that? I don't know if I believe this. But after a couple of minutes, I saw the irony of it when I thought, she's here to see Bill Burr, a comedian who is famous for his anger towards these whores. And I started dying laughing right in the middle of the theater when it wasn't even half full yet, which got me a couple of stares from people. But hell, I thought it was fucking hilarious, and this woman had no clue at what I was laughing at, which made it even better, and I started laughing harder. Anyway, love the podcast, and I will see you again in Hampton soon. Um, yeah, look, I hope that didn't, I hope the way you were reading that, it didn't go down that way, but, uh, you know, (laughs) I've been on the road a long time, boys and girls, and look at Robert De Niro, looks like he's going to fall asleep. Um, I've been on the road a long time, and, uh, yeah, I, you'd, you'd be amazed how married women behave. It's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, and it's not all of them. Basically what it is, the decent people after the show, they go home. You know why? Because they're happy with their lives. They're happy with who they're with. They got kids. They got a job. They want to get back to their life. It's the people who hang out afterwards. Unless you're young and in your 20s. But I'm saying. It's people who are married and they still fucking hang out. They're still searching. They're still seeking. You know? And uh, shit happens. People, oh my God, is Meryl Streep that fucking old? Ah. Um, you know what? I'm going to shut this off. I can't fucking watch this shit anymore. She looks like, I cannot say that. That's too mean. She's like a first lady. She looks like a first lady. Uh, does she get, by the way, does she get nominated every year? She has to go down. Like, people always talking about, like, De Niro, Pacino, 
uh, Marlon Brando and that type of thing. You got to throw her in there. She's got to have the most nominations ever. Um, isn't that unbelievable? Let's 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 just play along with this thing here, and let's just say that that's true. Like, how long was this guy gone for? Man, it'd have been pretty. She takes one look at this guy, starts shooting the shit, and they're talking loud enough that you hear it, and they exchange phone numbers. I don't know. Well, I mean, I've I've seen uh, I've seen worse things. I remember one time uh, I was on the road, you know, drinking with some people afterwards. There was this married couple. And the fucking wife, in the end, we all go to say goodnight, say goodnight to the husband. She comes up, and I'm standing there, and she basically puts her clam on my fucking leg. Just, like, walks right into it. It was, it was you know, <laughs> it was just like... Your husband's right over there. You got your goods on my leg. What are you doing? And uh, I'd like to tell you that that only happened one fucking time. You know the deal. Women are smart with their dirt. They keep it in-house. I think they just talk about it amongst themselves. But uh, And then they got that great thing that even when they cheat, it's it's always because, the, oh, the guy wasn't, uh, wasn't giving me what I needed. But blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, yeah, that's why guys cheat too. You know, you weren't bringing another woman into the bedroom so I could have a threesome. Yeah. You know, I don't fucking know. Hey, you know, be fucking unreal is what if your wife was one of those UFC chicks, you know, and you're just a regular shithead like me. What do you do when you catch her cheating? (laughs) What are you going to do? That'd be fucked, right? And she goes, yeah, what are you going to do about it? She sort of cracks her neck. You know you'd still have to take a run at her. I, I swear to God, I would grab a fucking, the leg of a table. You know? I, that's what I, that's, that would be what I would do. I would, I would grab a blunt object and just swing below the waist. You know? Because that's a lesser degree of assault. And uh, I just know that she hasn't, she hasn't tr- any of her training. I know she can choke me out. I know she can put me in an arm bar. I know she's good standing up, you know, but she hasn't dealt with weapons. I said, I just start throwing shit at her. Start with a chair, maybe a clock. Clock's a great thing to have. I guess that's what, that would be my failsafe. If I married one of those UFC fighting chicks, I would have a bunch of knickknacks that I would slowly be accumulating, acting as though it was a hobby. But what it really would be is I would be stocking it with weaponry, you know? What if she's an angry drunk, comes home and just starts beating my ass, right? And I got to fucking go to work the next day telling lies. You know, my name is Luca. I married a UFC chick. (laughs) That'd be fucking brutal. Oh, my God, that'd be the end of your life. You know what's sad? There has to be a guy out there who's just getting beat down by his woman every night. There's just no, you can't fucking bring it up to anybody. You know? Where's that fucking support group? Um, All right, revenge. Jesus Christ, I'm blowing through all these questions. Revenge. Uh, Bill Burr. I often have fantasies about getting people back, but like you, I look at my higher self and can't do it. No, that's not what I do. I know I'm too fucking stupid 
and I'm going to get caught. You know, and I've also watched enough sport sports where I know that it's the guy who retaliates. You know, he's the guy who always gets the penalty. So anyways, I got my revenge by living well and doing nothing. Um, here's what happened to at least a few of my en- enemies. And he said, I did nothing to make this happen. Oh, okay, so this guy's basically claiming that he always wanted to get revenge, but he took the higher road and his revenge was living well and doing nothing. So here's all these people that he wanted to fuck over but never did. This is what happened to him, the pe- these people. All right, first person. The dude who fucked with me eventually went to jail for buggery and hanged himself when he was there. What is buggery? Is that fucking around? Tom, is that tomfoolery? What country is this from? Okay, that's good. Now, did you feel good when he hung himself? Uh, another guy I hate was arrested for selling booze to kids, and I laughed my ass off when I saw him on a news story about a local ATF sting. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, another dude who fucked my lady and had the back of his had the back of his head caved in by an unknown assailant. Not me, I swear. Because he buggered a child. All right, dude. If if any more people suffer sort of the same violent ending, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start to think that I'm gonna start asking where you were when all this shit happened. So, anyways, this guy got the back of his head caved in for fucking with the kid. He's alive, but is now retarded. Uh, you mean brain damaged? Uh, you know, I wish women would consider the possibility that they're hooking up with buggers when they go out on a girl, that their girl power fuck sprees. Dude, for the love of God, what does buggers mean? I got to look this up. I can't read the rest of this shit. What, what, what word am I looking up? I'm going to look up buggery. The British term buggery. Oh, look at that. Got to love the Internet. Is a very close in the meaning to the term sodomy. Jesus Christ. And as often you, there's a bunch of people in England laughing their ass off with me trying to figure out what the fuck that was. And is often used interchangeably in law and popular speech. It may also be a specific common law offense encompassing both sodomy and bestiality. In English law, buggery was first used. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care when it was first. In 1533. Jesus, somebody probably fucked a yak. What the hell do you fuck in 1533? Saber-toothed tiger? You couldn't do that? The thing would kill you. Stick your dick in a woolly mammoth's trunk. <laughs> All right. Define punishments for the abominable crime of buggery committed with either mankind or with an animal. The definition of buggery was not specific in these or any statutes, but rather established by judicial precedent. Over the years, the courts have defined buggery as including either anal intercourse by a man with a man or a woman or vaginal intercourse by either a man or a woman with an animal. Well, what if you fucking have anal intercourse with an animal? Is that like some sort of uh, second degree buggery? 
I don't fucking know. But not any form of unnatural intercourse. That is fucking unreal. Most common law jurisdictions have now been modified. The law to permit, permit anal sex between consenting adults. Jesus, they have a picture here of a guy, a depiction of buggery of a goat by the late, great Paul a- Averill. Now I got to, this is Wikipedia. Now I got to look up Paul Averill. Is this what he was known for? Drawing, painting, oil paintings of buggery? Evidently, he was a French painter and a commercial artist. All right, here's his gallery. He's got a couple of women. Maybe it's a guy. Everybody kind of looks the same. She's got her fucking leg spread. He's got a Jesus Christ. This guy made some filthy fucking fun. Oh, I see. Holy shit. This guy has a photo of a guy banging a chick on his, on her back while some other dude is putting it in his ass. And I'll tell you right now, if that's not buggery, he is he, <laughs> he is committing it and have it done to him at the same time. What the f- you know what? This is this is uh I got a little This is really creepy. Wow, this guy really wrote pornographic shit. Okay, now there's a normal one. Guy and a girl. Okay, there we go. Who are you to say what's normal? I'll go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying. Mainstream. He's got another one of two chicks. One One's going down on the other. What the fuck year was this? Isn't that funny? Don't you always think that nobody did shit? Like 1849 to 1928. So people are sitting there talking about the internet and all this porn and how what it's going to do to you. Look at this shit this guy was painting. Buggery, everybody. See that? You learned something? I like to think you learned something on every podcast. Now, I have to go back here for all the people here in America. Okay, a dude who fucked with me eventually went to jail for buggery and hanged himself when he was there. Yeah, because they were probably all screaming shit and goat fucker at him. Another guy I hate was arrested for selling booze to kids, and I laughed my ass off when I saw a news story about him at a local ATF sting. Another dude who fucked with my lady had the back of his head caved in by an unknown assailant. Not me, I swear, because he buggered a child. He fucked a kid. Somebody caved his head in. All right, I like that. Frontier justice. He's alive, but now he's uh, brain damaged. You know, I wish women would consider the possibility that they're hooking up with buggers when they go out on their girl power fuck sprees. Now, what do you mean by buggers? Now, does that mean that they're going out with a guy who'd fuck a yak or fuck a kid or going out with a guy who wants to put it in their ass? Uh, I don't, I don't, you, you're losing me on this one. Uh, please, please read this letter on your show in case any hoes are listening. Yuck. I don't know what he's talking about. My woman who fucked a child molester has become a 250-pound warthog since then. So her girl power days are over. I got rid of her 15 years ago, thank God. (laughs) I don't know who to be. Dude, you kind of sound just as bad as the people. I mean, you haven't buggered anybody, I hope. But, I mean, you you sound just. 
You're definitely a yeah, you're definitely a piece of work here, buddy. Um, yet another dude who used to pull the most bizarre mind games on me and others, coincidentally, had an extremely expensive divorce. I'm sorry, I was just thinking of that fucking photo. I couldn't get that out of my head that someone would actually consider doing that back in the day. That just seems like next-level porno. Like, that seems like the future, not the past. You know? Like a bunch of pornography people sitting around going, all right, what is left to do? (laughs) Gay porn? We already did that. Heterosexual? Already did that. Hey, wait a minute. You know, all these DJs are doing mashups. I have an idea. Um, Anyways, yet another dude who used to who used to pull the most bizarre mind games on me and others, coincidentally, had an extremely expensive divorce. Now he's poor and helpless. Former boss, who was a hotshot fuck, went to jail for embezzlement. Dude, what have you been doing? How do you know all these people have gone to jail? This person goes to jail for embezzlement. This other kid fucks a kid. Somebody buggered some, I don't know what, you know. Why don't you hang out with better people? What part of the country do you live in, sir? Um, several other fuckhead bosses have lost their contacts or otherwise got pushed into poverty or injury by various means. You know, this is starting to read like some fucking Charles Dickens story. Is this shit really happening or is this your fantasies? Uh, many other bad things have happened to slap-offs who hurt me. And guess what? I had to visit briefly with the police in a few cases because they learned that I was a victim of the douchebaggery. I think this is just science fiction at this point, but it's a good read. Uh, I have a good reputation, so I was never treated seriously as a suspect. Many of these things took years before they came out, but they happened nevertheless like clockwork. He's speaking very vaguely. If anybody knows what's going on in this, I have no idea. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm in some Sherlock Holmes shit. Um... Are you like Kevin Spacey and you're just making all this shit up? And you're going to walk out of the podcast and your club foot's going to straighten out? Um, I had all the revenge I ever needed and never had to lift a finger. Best of all, my soul is intact. I'm not dead and I'm not in jail. The world has good things in store for all of us. Your Monday morning podcast is great. Thanks for cheering me up every week. week. All right, sir. That was... uh, Definitely one of the more bizarre ones. But you know something? Thank you for writing in. Uh, You taught me a new word. And I saw a uh, new sexual position. (laughs) Anyways. Where the hell are we? Where the fuck do you go from buggery? I should have closed on that. Ah, Christ, what the fuck is this? Get this out of the way. Get this out of the way. Um, all right, what do I do here? I got like another eight minutes to kill here. Um, women in the UFC, boss being in Boston. I don't know what else to talk about. I think that I might be a little short this week, guys. I really apologize about the unbelievably poor quality of recording these past few weeks. I've just, I was really, um, I was really busy, and I didn't get a fucking chance to uh, to do something that would only take me fucking twenty minutes. Who's, let's be honest, but um. I was really stressing about that Patrice thing. I wanted to make sure that it, it, it went great. And uh, this week on, on weekend on stage, I actually remembered a Patrice story that I told. And I told you guys eventually I'd be able to tell you a story. Um, 
This is sort of a roundabout Patrice one. But it's got Bobby Kelly, dude. It's got him in it, too. I'll tell you this one, and then I'm going to end this podcast. Uh, all right, so when I moved to New York, I moved there. Basically, I had never lived on my own. I went right from my parents' house to living in New York City. I didn't know shit about the ladies, right? So I moved down to New York, and I meet this girl who's an absolute fucking psycho. All right? Like, nowadays... I swear to God, I could talk to this girl for two seconds and realize that she was out of her mind. And I, and I would not even, I probably wouldn't even say hello to her. There'd just be some way, the way her eyes were darting around the room, I would know that she was out of her fucking mind. But uh, I was young. I didn't know shit. So I ended up going out with her. And you know the crazy girls, they're fucking, they're great in bed. And when you're young, you, you keep coming back. You keep coming back because you never, you never had it like that before. So I keep coming back. But she was she was fucking nuts. This girl, she was crazy. I mean, I I'd show up to her apartment. She'd have like a fucking like a wig on and just act like she was somebody else. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. And then you know, fuck my brains out. Like I'm, I'm in my twenties. I'm gonna walk away from that. Was I didn't realize I was, I was like she was out of her mind. Um. So anyway, so I finally just said, listen, uh, this ain't working out, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden she turned into Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. And I didn't know how to get rid of her. She would, like, call me. I'm one time, like, she knew basically when I was going to be home. And this is, but I didn't have an answer machine or anything like that. Did I? Yeah, I think I did. No, I had voicemail. And, uh. She'd fucking call, and I'm laying in bed, and I know it's her. It's late at night. None of my friends are going to call or nothing. And uh, and I just let let it go to voicemail. And I swear to God, eight seconds later, she'd call again. And she was calling. Like, she did this for almost, I swear to God, like 40 minutes straight. Would just call my number. It would go to... She'd let it ring six times. It would go to voicemail, and then she would hang up and then sit there for five seconds and then call me back. And after, like, the fucking 400th time she did this, I finally picked up the phone, and I went, what? She's just like, oh, I just, like, want to talk to you. I'm like, you've fucking been calling it for 40 minutes fucking straight. I'm trying to go to sleep, right? And I fucking hang up on her. So she ends up coming by my apartment. This girl was out of her fucking mind. She was out of I'm just out of her fucking mind. So it just put, keeps. What I should have been doing is I should just shut the phone off. If you ever if you ever with like a psycho chick like this, what you have to do is you just have to freeze them out. You have to act like they don't exist because if if you acknowledge them, it just fuels them and they just keep fucking coming back. Somebody finally told me that. Just say pick up the phone, say hello. If it's her, just hang up on her. Just keep doing that. Uh, but I didn't know to do that shit. So this is so long ago. I forget what happened. All I know, it escalates to the point that she's now threatening me. And she told me, I'm living with Bobby Kelly, by the way. So he's giving me advice. He's also a young guy. And he's also kind of laughing his ass off. And we're both kind of laughing until one day she, she called me up and she threatened that she was going to stab me. Do something violent to me. It really just freaked me out.
So I fucking hang up. And I'm going to Bobby. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do? You know, I'm going down the cellar tonight. I think I was at the comic strip. And I'm like, my fucking name is right on the sheet. She's going to know exactly when I'm coming in. Well, what do I do? He's like, I don't know, dude. I fucking, you know, wear two coats or something. I don't forget what the hell he told me to do. So like two, three hours goes by. All of a sudden, the apartment door buzzes. And, uh, and it's her. And I'm like, I'm like, hello. She's like, yeah, it's me. And I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. And she goes, no. She goes, I, I want to give you something. And I'm like, what, a fucking knife in the chest? And she's like, no, I, I made you brownies. I'm like, what? I mean, she went, from, in three hours, I'm going to stab you till I made you some brownies. So for some fucking dumb reason, I buzz her in. And, uh... I open the door with the chain, you know, standing way back behind it. And there she is sitting there with her crazy eyes, those watery eyes that crazy people have. Big fucking deer eyes. She goes, can I come in? I go, absolutely not. She goes, take the brownies. I go, I don't want them. She goes, take them. She turns the fucking tin sideways and she pushes them through. So I take them. And she goes, I'll call you later. And I said, yeah, okay. Just trying to get rid of them, right? Close the fucking door. I set them down on the table. Me and Bob are a couple of starving artists. They smell delicious. <laughs> We're both sitting there staring at these things going, what the fuck do we do here? I want to eat them, but she just threatened to fucking stab me. What do we do? So we call up the late, great Patrice O'Neill. Start telling him the story. He's fucking laughing his ass off. And he goes, don't eat those brownies. That bitch probably peed in the batter. So now the three of us are laughing our fucking asses off. Like, what do we do? So long story short, me and Bobby end up taking, we take all the brownies out except for like three of them. And uh, we stick them back in the tin and we were living on the ground floor and we brought it out. We stuck it on top of a trash bag right on the sidewalk. And anything you had on New York City, man, you just stuck it out there. We lived up on 97th Street. We had like crackheads living in like the, the bowels of the building. It was fucking nuts. So anything you put out there was gone in two seconds. So we just stuck it there. We ran back into the apartment, and we just sat there peeking through the curtain, waiting for some homeless guy to come along and see what happens when you eat him. Sure enough, some homeless guy comes along. He sees the tin, sees him in there, picks him, squeezes him, sees they're fucking still warm, pops one in his mouth, nothing happened. Me and Bob looked at each other, and we said, fuck it, we ate it. And they were delicious. Oh, they were delicious. That really wasn't a... Patrice was only in there. He only made a cameo in that one. But uh, I'll try and tell some other ones later on. But, ah, Jesus, Bill. You let us down on that one. Did I? It was a nice, crazy woman story. Um, <laughs> this fucking podcast. It, this is my kryptonite. If I don't have my recorder, it goes down by 20% in the funny. Um, anyways, that was the Monday morning podcast for this week. Oh, Jesus. Um... Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, I don't know what shows I have coming up, but I know you guys don't want to listen to me clicking on my computer anymore. I, I really apologize for the poor quality of these the last two weeks. Uh, I swear to God, next week is going to be fucking crisp. All right? That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. And thank you to everybody here who came out to my shows at the Wilbur Theater. It was unbelievable turnout. Um, every show was great and you know all my family and friends that came out people I went to school with and it was it was great to see everybody and uh, that is it 
I'll see you at the city of Boston. I'll be back in the summer up in New Hampshire and maybe down the Cape. All right, that's it. See you.